So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcasts here with Max from Signals Midwest. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. Uh, what inspired you to start the band, and what does the band name mean? Okay. Um, what inspired me to start the band, I think this particular band, um, was that I, I had played in a ska band in high school, and that was my introduction to playing shows and booking shows and making posters and, you know, making a lot of friends and, and you know, the same way that, that anybody uh, finds themselves in a music scene. It was like a very exciting, like, you know, discovery phase. I think I was 14 when we played our first show. Hmm. Uh, it was a Relay for Life event at my high school in Cleveland. Um, and then we played like a, like an elementary school arts festival the next day. And that was pretty funny. Um, so... I did that, and that was my introduction to playing shows. Uh, and then that band lasted for four or five years, and I listened to a lot of ska. Um, and then I discovered uh, Against Me, who was like the, my friend Sam, and, and his sister showed me that band. So Sam will come back later in the story. He's important. Um, mm-hmm. So Sam showed me the band Against Me. And then um, I started booking shows and just playing shows with random other bands in Cleveland and one of those bands that called the sidekicks uh, who are one of my favorite bands of all time and uh, they lived on the west side of Cleveland I lived on the east side but I would book them on shows and, and they would have me come play stuff at their house um, they they helped run a DIY house called the soggy dog house where bands would come and play so I started going to shows there and then um, summer after my freshman year of college they had a guitar player who couldn't go on a tour so they asked me to go uh and that was my first tour i did when i was 18 playing in that band um and then i on that tour it was it was a really eye-opening experience and you know they were like showing me all this great music in the band bands like the weaker thans and the avid brothers and like not not even like punk stuff just like other bands that I would later fall in love with. So I came home from that two week tour having like had my world totally like expanded in a pretty magical way. And I was like, okay, well, you know, my bands all split up at different colleges. I kind of want to do something else. Um, and I just wanted to start writing different kinds of songs. And when you're in a ska band, like it's kind of tough cause you play like one style of music and like i mean the band name was the ska catastrophes so we were a ska band yeah you're kind of locked in yeah so i I was you know starting to write some different kinds of songs and you know not having to throw in upstrokes and horn parts on everything was a pretty freeing uh realization when i started to write write different stuff um so one of the members from that band uh my friend lauren uh he and i decided to do something different and um he had a friend at college whose boyfriend was a drummer we went over and met him and uh his name was steve and he was a couple years older than us and he had a lot of tattoos and i remember that the lights were all off in his house mm-hmm. and it was really intimidating <laughs> yeah uh, and we had just discovered bands like uh, Ladderman and the Lawrence Arms, and he asked, well, like, what kind of music do you guys want to play? And we're like, oh, we kind of want to play, like, 
something that sort of sounds like the Lawrence Arms. And then he showed us that he had that band's logo, which is a, an hourglass with bat wings. He had it tattooed on his wrist. So it so was cool. sort of uh, sort of serendipitous. So we had our first practice a week later and we uh, just started writing songs. We wrote one song every week, Thursday nights, uh, for like seven or eight weeks straight. And then we, we played our first show in November of 2008, I want to say. Um, the band name came from a conversation that I had with my friend Sam, who showed me the band Against Me. Uh, that summer, actually, right before that Sidekicks tour, this is really serendipitous, and I'm sorry if I'm I'm rambling a lot. Okay. Oh, uh, you're great. You're fine. I went to Washington D.C. with my friend Justin and my friend Sam. Sam was moving to Portland, Oregon, and it was a very big moment in my life because one of my best friends was moving away. So the cheapest flights were out of Washington D.C., and his cousin lived there, so he went and stayed down there for a couple days and. Um, I, I remember having a conversation with him that was like, I guess you've pointed your signals west or something like that. So signals west was on the, the list of names that we had. And then I brought it to Steve and Lauren later. Uh, and they're like, well, it should be Midwest because that's where we're from. And then mm -hmm. that was how we got the band name. And to this day, there are way too many S's in it or people call us like, singles midwest or midwest signals or mm -hmm. you know like it's never been an easy name to say but i challenge you to come up with a band name that is actually good i think all band names are pretty bad yeah honestly when you think about it they are kind of all <laughs> yeah it's like the kind of thing where like you know when you say a word too many times mm -hmm. like and then it's it starts to lose its meaning yeah. like mm -hmm. you know we just call it signals now or siggies Siggies, hello. Yeah, our Australian friends, that's what they call cigarettes. So they mm -hmm. just kind of call us Siggies. Siggies. Um, <laughs> that's, that's where we've, where we've landed. Um, okay. so yeah, that's the, the origin of the band and the band name. Mm -hmm. cool. You said that you had like a list of band names. Do you remember any of them that oh, didn't make the cut? Um, well, a lot of bands we liked were named after apartment buildings. Um, like... The Lawrence Arms was an apartment building in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And later on, we found out that Joyce Manor was an apartment building in uh, Torrance, California. What? So we, I think we took that idea. And I lived in uh, an apartment. The building was named the, the Dolero for a while. And we played around with the name Dolero for a minute. But then it was too similar to, to the band Lucero. And it, it just sort of didn't fit us mm -hmm. uh yeah. and then we were oh we had a, a lot of really bad names um i think chiroscuro was one which is like a style of shading mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. a, like drawing or something like that um super glad we didn't use that one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, really, dodged a bullet there really really dodged a bullet um but, you know, no band name will ever be as good as the band name that I came up with when I was 13 for my very first band, which was the Raging Chickens. Wow. That's solid. You guys should rebrand with that really, name, actually. Really, uh, really should rebrand. That yeah. Would be, that would be but yeah, I think we're 12 years too late at this point. To do it. So it is, it it's is never too late. It's never, <laughs> too, it's never too late. Exactly. Honestly, just bring it up to them and they'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get yeah, it. We get I, it. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Imagine the merch. Like, 
merch. The merch is beautiful. <laughs> Angry exactly. chicken. Angry chicken emojis I everywhere. I would buy that. <laughs> um, so congrats on your newest EP, Pin. How do you feel about the response to that? And uh, can you tell me what the name means? Uh, first off, thank you. Uh, I feel like the response has been good. Uh, we hadn't put out anything since like 2016. So it was just nice to put some new songs out. Um, We've been playing a few of them live for a while, specifically uh, your new old apartment, which is a song that I think people responded to pretty positively. Um, mm -hmm. I'm super happy with that one. I put it out as a solo song a few years prior on a, on another thing I did, but giving it the kind of full band treatment was super fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with it. I think we pushed ourselves a little bit and it's just, you know, it's just nice to work on stuff. You know, we're all like, 30 plus and we all have full-time jobs at this point and we you know live far apart from each other so like any excuse to to meet up and to work on things and to just keep making stuff is has been a really um positive thing in my life so uh yeah i mean I, the response has been really cool it was our first release on a new record label called lauren records out of los angeles and uh, aaron the person who runs the record label has been really sweet um and uh, really nice and communicative and helpful about with things. So uh, yeah, it's been really positive. And uh, you know, I mean, I don't really have any like, I guess like standard metrics of success. Like none of us are trying to make this our jobs or mm -hmm. like, you know, none of us are trying to be in a van, you know, mm -hmm. three, four or five months a year, like we were for a year or two uh, and you know, for me, like the, the mantra kind of behind all of this is that like the joy of all of this just comes from the act of making music. Mm -hmm. um, and and like that's the part that I, I try to remind myself. Like whenever we're practicing or, or recording or, or playing a show, it's just like, you know, th this is not about like getting to the, the next level of something. Like you should be enjoying exactly what you're doing right there and then. Mm -hmm. So I think it was the first time that I was really trying, uh, I was really trying to approach a project with that in mind. Whereas with all the other stuff, it was all about like, oh, we got to make this record so we can go on this tour so we can meet these people to get to the next level of something. Uh, and it just sort of kind of becomes a thing where you're chasing your own tail. And, uh, you know, I feel like we were able to escape that this time. Um, mm -hmm. What was your other question? I'm sorry. Oh, what does the name mean? Oh, the name. Um, mm -hmm. So the name's funny because uh, when we were making our, I, it's technically our second full-length record, but it was our first one to get released on vinyl and the, the only one we still play songs from. It was, uh, we made Latitudes and Longitudes in 2011 and the engineer, his name was uh, Adam Wagner. And he, we were tossing around names for it. Um, we settled on Latitudes and Longitudes. It comes from a Henry David Thoreau quote who, I liked at the time and, and now I kind of see as kind of an arduous character uh, mm -hmm. considering that his family did his laundry and he was just like a rich kid who was like, I don't want to work. I want to go live on a lake. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Walden's a pretty good book. So, <laughs> uh, but Adam suggested that we name the record pin. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's interesting. And then I filed it away and we didn't use it for eight or nine years. Um, oh, wow. So, Wait, so it's from all the way back yeah, then? It's from all the way in the beginning of the band. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I just liked it, and I thought it was a cool word. And 
you know, I think what I liked about it is that like a lot of the stuff on that record deals with duality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, pin is kind of a dual word. And then as I investigated as a dual word, I found that it had multiple meanings. Like it could be a noun or a verb, you know, it can be like a physical action or it can be like, I don't know, like pinning something to a timeline, for instance, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, like a lapel pin or a push pin or like a location pin or or just like, I liked that it was kind of nondescript. Um, And we had, you know, we'd always done like very kind of like alliterative titles being like latitudes and longitudes, light on the lake at this age, stuff like that. So it was our first record with a new member we changed bass players in 2017 um you know it was a shorter record than we'd done before you know it's kind of an ep i I mean i think it it holds up on its own as a a piece of music i hope but Mm -hmm. it's shorter than other stuff we've done um i just kind of wanted to break the cycle a little bit and then i had the idea for the artwork being like a lot of raindrops and then one raindrop flipped upside down to create a location pin. So I, I just sort of had that image in my head, like even before we recorded it. So to see it all come together was pretty fun. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I had an idea and I went with it. And here we are. Yeah, I really like that. Okay. Um, so can you tell Thanks. me a little, bit, a little bit about your writing process? Um. Yeah, I, I think that like, I'm not one of those people who can sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to write a song today and it's going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. What I have found, and this is a sentiment that a lot of my like friends and peers and favorite writers all share is that like that stuff just like, it hits you at really strange times, you know, like it, for me, it's about like taking notes and just kind of being aware of things or like, you know, if a friend says something in conversation where like you think it's a cool phrase, you might like put it in your notes app or scribble it down real quick or, um, you know, I usually get like one little seed of like a melody and a lyric that all kind of comes together and I can sort of hear a chord behind it. And then when I actually have to write the rest out, it's always done like holding a guitar in one hand and then having like, you know, a notepad right here where mm-hmm. like I'm strumming and I'm writing and I'm strumming. So it all kind of like happens at the same time. So that way I, I tried, you know, not to end up in a space where like I write a bunch of lyrics, but I can't make them fit in a certain meter or rhythm or something like that. And there's a lot of, you know, revising or like once I get a cadence down, you know, because I know I need a second verse, I can start writing without the guitar and be like okay well that's the correct amount of syllables or whatever Mm. um but usually just like i'm like in line at the bank and then something like sort of falls out and hits me on the head and i'm like oh okay i guess that's a song (laughs) yeah wow all right solid so on the ep you have a collab with a sincere engineer how did that happen and uh what was the process like uh the whole band's just friends of ours Um, (laughs) all right the drummer of that band, Adam Beck, is one of my best friends. Um, and he, we met him when we made At This Age in 2015 in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And 
he and I just got really tight. Um, and we started work, working on other music together almost immediately after that. Um, so we were playing shows with, we played one show with Deanna when she was just playing solo in Chicago, I think in like, I, I want to say like early 2017, I want to say. It was before they had even played a full band show. Um, and we just got to be buds and I was like, this person's fucking awesome and they write really, really good songs. And Adam was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be in the full band version of that. Um, so we just ended up having a lot of mutual friends and, you know, she would come to shows that we have played and, and, you know, we would come see her play in any of our respective cities mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just sort of happened naturally. And, and then Matt, who, uh, Matt Jordan, who's the engineer on age and pin is also the engineer on a lot of her records. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all of them actually. Uh, so he was like, Oh yeah, I think, Deanna would sound good on a harmony here. Uh, so, yeah, she just came in and did it. Like, we weren't even there. Like, it was after we had left Chicago already, and I was like, I think I, this is the part that I want Deanna to sing on. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure she'll be down. So she came in and did it, and uh, it was really cool. Right. You know, we've played a lot of shows together in various forms over the last few years, so it felt pretty natural to have her on it. Um, I'm really excited for whatever that band does next. I know that they started making a new record this past weekend so uh oh yeah all right wow. awesome very cool but, you know it's it's like anything else you just like you do shit with your friends mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh you know she's someone whose songwriting i really admire and her voice is great so i was just psyched that she was down to sing on it yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. um so what would you guys do differently on your <laughs> next release that you didn't get to do on this past ep I don't know. I don't know if it would be do anything differently out of the sake of like we did something wrong or something like that. I think it it would be more so just like doing it in a like we we oh, it's a, actually it's a really good question. Uh, something I would want to try is playing a little bit more together in the studio to get mm-hmm. aches because a lot of times in the studio you spend a lot of time just doing drums and you just do bass and you just do one guitar and you just do the other guitar and like it's all it all ends up being to a grid or whatever so it's like mm-hmm. locked in and on time but like a lot of the time it's it doesn't really feel like a band playing so part of me is curious if we can pull off like doing some more live basic tracking where we all play together and you know, you're prone to more mistakes that way, but like it, it feels more organic too. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in that. Um, and I've also hit a point where like, I kind of like uh, being produced in the sense that like, I want whoever we're working with and who's whoever's recording us to like say, hey, I think that second verse sucks. And I think you could just skip it and go to the bridge and and like, then you should do this part for half as long. And like, I, I, I like when people have like, visions of that stuff. And like, I, whoever we're working with, I want them to be like, invested in it versus just like documenting what documenting what the four of us are doing. And mm-hmm. to Adam and Matt's credit on the last two things we've done, they've done a really good job of that too. Um, so, you know, whatever we do next, I just think it's it's nice to, like, push ourselves and question ourselves and, like, try things and, you know, not just do 
the old way of making records, which was just like, okay, well, we got 10 songs. Let's, let's go try to play them and not screw up in the studio. Like I, I, I like the recording process so much more than I ever did before. So I don't know. I, I like being pushed and kind of being challenged and, you know, seeing, seeing what comes out of that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what bands influence your music, whether that be like how you produce or just like artists that you can hear just it's a good question i mean it's changed a lot over the years you know when yeah when we first started playing uh like the sidekicks were and still are like my favorite band so i just did a really bad version of what i thought their record so long soggy dog sounded like uh mm -hmm. great record 2007 strongly recommended uh against me again was a huge one uh the stretch of like reinventing Axl Rose uh, and then as the Eternal Cowboy and then searching for a form of clarity, specifically like 2002 to 2005 era against me was like a huge one for me. Um, and then we got really into bands like Ladderman and the Lawrence Arms. Uh, Jeff, our guitar player, introduced me to bands like Braid and Small Brown Bike, who were kind of like Midwestern emo bands that wrote some more complicated songs and you know did interesting things with time signatures and things like that um that kind of got me out of the pop punk world mm -hmm. um but then i also i think really started to appreciate um more classic style songwriters uh you know big one for me was obviously the, the weaker thans and john k sampson that was uh, a revelation when i first started hearing those records mm -hmm. um, I had a really deep phase with the band Avid Brothers. Um, they're, I can't say I've liked anything they've done in the last 10 years, but there was, there was a few records. Uh, I think like Four Thieves Gone, Emotionalism, um, Minionette, and a few others that were just like, they're like country records, but they were like, they're kind of punk in their own way. Like they, were, right. they were like off notes here and there and, and just like, really honest raucous songwriting and great harmonies and that that influenced me a lot um uh all the jeff rosenstock stuff has been huge you know it's mm -hmm. just hyper literal and manic and and like just so diy and fun and honest and he's definitely been kind of a, a true north for me and in, in terms of like watching how people operate um yeah there are a lot of bands i really love um my friend Matt plays a band called The Gunshy in Chicago. He's been he's in his forties now and he's just been at it for forever. And you know, he he's an example that I look at of like how to lead a life and, you know, be musical and stay busy and you know, feel whole and happy. So I, I yeah. took a lot from him for sure. Um Fairver Shark from Michigan, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh and yeah, I mean all the friends bands that we toured with over the years uh you know bands like dikembe and restorations and stuff like that um you know i could get into just naming all of my friends favorite yeah my favorite friends bands here um but those were the, those were the big ones for me um and you know now i find myself going back to like I've been in a really deep Tom Petty phase for the last year or two. Mm -hmm. uh, really obsessed with uh, 
Jason Molina and Songs Ohio, Magnolia Electric Company and, and his way of operating. Um, yeah, just, you know, that's the great thing about music. You can just keep discovering shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. never ends. Yeah, very much so. Um, so you guys had an audio tree session. Uh, what was that yeah. like and uh, how did that happen? Yeah. It, it was nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had tried to do it for a few years. Um, our old label had tried to set us up with them. But, you know, when they were trying to do that, we were all, like, still in school or still working, and they were like, yeah, just come out in the middle of the week and do a session. And I was like, we can't really do that. So the timing just didn't work out for a while. So we kept in touch. Finally, after like two or three years of planning, it worked out where we could be there on a Thursday. I specifically mm -hmm. booked Chicago on a Thursday so we could be there and get it done. Um, they're such professionals that it it just felt really good. Um, and I, it was actually like before we'd even played a show on that tour, that audio tree session was like our first show mm -hmm. in quotation marks of mm -hmm. the tour. So... I think there's like a good nervous energy that comes through on that session yeah. and uh it was super fun and uh listening back to it was a total trip and you know now in pandemic land whenever i'm bummed out you know sometimes like i go back and i watch little clips of it here and there and i'm like oh we're we're a band we exist yeah <laughs> you guys exist you guys did that yeah we did like that's that's crazy to me i don't know because i feel like when bands go on audio tree it's like that's the you're you're making it point i don't know it's just like that's that i don't know it's crazy i'm really happy for you guys yeah. thank you i appreciate it i i feel like i i totally know what you mean like it was a huge thing for us too um there have been a number of those like making it points that mm -hmm. we've hit over the years where like and then we do it and i'm like okay so what now like, yeah like, playing fest was a big one or like going to europe was a big one and Audio Tree was a big one, but like, you know, Audio Tree just like it's a group of people who love music and music production, and and they like make a really really good web series. But like, no one's gonna make or break because they played on Audio Tree. Like, yeah. it's it's another outlet for, you know, uh, uh, I guess people to support bands and like their model of splitting profits with artists is really strong and like they give you this product for free it's like high quality beautifully edit, beautifully edited beautifully recorded video of yourself playing and like that to me is just you know i'm so stoked to look back at that when i'm like 70 years old and be like i did that and yeah uh, i needed a haircut <laughs> <laughs> oh. so do you guys have any projects in the works like yeah we're starting to work on songs okay uh you know it's hard considering that like we can't really plan much but we're gonna meet up next week for the first time in five months or so uh and everyone's you know isolating pretty hard and you know thankfully we like don't share a practice space in a, in a warehouse or anything we just meet up in our bass players basement in pittsburgh yeah uh, so yeah i've got a few new songs that I like made demos of and just kind of kicked around to everybody. So usually I, I come up with an idea, and, you know, maybe I'll demo it out with like fake drums or something like that. Um, but when we run it through the, the machine of the band, it usually changes quite a bit. Yeah. 
All right. Um, yeah, that's that's exciting. You know, like yeah, just to I don't know what it'll be yet. Uh, you know, okay. it might just be like a seven inch or something like that. I I really want to do a zine. Like I think zines are really cool, and mm -hmm. we've never done one before. And I feel like uh, in lieu of playing shows, you know, people have to find other ways to connect with the folks that listen to their music. So I feel like doing a zine and like including some photos or, or writings or maybe even asking other people for contributions uh, to just see if they wanted to be part of it is, is sort of fun to me. So maybe we'll do something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, All right. Live music is dead for the foreseeable future and it's a total nightmare. And, uh, you know, I know all of us are just like aching to get back to doing that. But in the meantime, we'll think of other ways to to sustain our our creative impulses for the time being yeah yeah all right um, oh, i'm so excited for you so <laughs> sorry yeah where, it's awesome it's great i love it yeah. where do you guys see the band in the next five years honestly dude like if we're still just doing this like i'm happy mm -hmm. you know we're we're hitting a point where like you know I really struggled against it and fought hard against it for a few years where like the rest of the band was like really trying to start their lives, you know, like there comes a point around like your late twenties when you're like, okay, I'm either going to like be in a band and like work seasonal jobs or like temp gigs uh, and just like go for this as hard as I can, or I'm going to take a step back and try to like solidify some other things in my life. And, um, I leaned really hard in the first direction and everybody else kind of leaned hard in the other direction. And mm. for a while it was really hard for me. Um, you know, I think it was actually a big reason why I moved out of Cleveland to go to Philadelphia and, and just kind of get some distance from it. Um, but now like, I totally understand it. Like, you know, you have to make your own space in the world and, you know, living in a van for, x amount of months out of the year and not knowing how you're gonna pay rent and sleeping on strangers floors is like as fun as it is like it's not a long-term sustainable thing and, and like yeah. every band hits that point you know mm -hmm. so you gotta appreciate it for what it is when it's happening and like i encourage anybody listening to this to like do that stuff for sure and like you can always go back to it if you want to like but you know for me I, I think that I've found a good way for this band to work in that, like, we'd all like to do it more, but, like, we don't want to blow up our lives again. Um, so, you know, if we just keep meeting up, playing shows, making records, touring when we can, like, you know, I, I think that our success, it looks like this. Like, success looks like just continuing to do it because so many bands break up for one reason or another. They hate each other or they, they didn't get famous or some shit like that. And for us, it's like, you know, just getting to, to do it is like kind of a victory, you yeah. know? Yeah, it I took me that. a long time to get to that point, but for now, that's that's the way I feel about it. Mm -hmm. um, All right, solid. Yeah. Um, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually gonna shift away from music yeah. and go straight to death row. So. Okay. If you're on death row, what would your last meal be with the drink? Oh, that's a good question. Thank um, you. Thank you. All right. I have two answers. Um, one would be 
a pastrami sandwich on rye bread mm-hmm. with, with coleslaw on the sandwich and really good yellow mustard and side of potato salad and pickles and a chocolate phosphate or a chocolate egg cream from particularly from um, Jack's Deli uh, on Warrensville Road in in University Heights, Ohio. I know I know the exact sandwich. So I, I'm I'm mostly vegetarian these days, but it would be that that or um, my mom makes a really good brisket. It's like the it's the best. So that that would probably be. But it would be weird if your mom cooked you a death row meal. Yeah, a little. Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Yeah. Pretty dark, um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely um, chocolate egg cream, chocolate phosphate, chocolate milk shake. I got a mm-hmm. pretty, uh, pretty big soft spot for those. Yeah. With the sandwich, you unlocked like a, a memory that I forgot I had with those sandwiches, <laughs> pro. All right, thank you for that. Uh, wow. So, if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? A fictional world. Mm-hmm. from like a movie or tv show or something yeah like comic book game anything really mm. great question um i feel like i would want to live in what's the second world in Spyro the dragon See, my friend played that game, there's but I never art- learned that stuff. There's Artisan World, and then, hold on. I'm going to look it up. Mm-hmm. Peacekeepers, or no, Magic Crafters was cool, too. Yeah, I don't know. I think living there would be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Chase around the octopus guys with the eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with that. Right. <laughs> I could probably right. do something like way, way, way better. Um, no, that's good though. You haven't gotten Spyro. Let's go with Spyro. Okay, <laughs> I love it. So I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we have spoken to have said it's the most important question. Okay. What's your favorite color? All right. So I have a strange relationship with color. Oh my god. Okay. I do have some form of synesthesia where, like, I hear colors from songs and stuff like that um but i'm also colorblind (laughs) and interesting okay and and my day job is as a graphic designer where i work exclusively with color wow thankfully when you're a designer you have things like color values and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. they in their numbers associated with it so you can kind of see if something has you know magenta in it or not um yeah but um you know i don't really have an exciting answer for this it's blue um you know i i tend to oscillate between the kinds of blues i like you know typically it's more of a navy blue but i i like a cerulean Mm -hmm. i like a couple sky blues but not too baby blue a little more saturated the other color I really like is seafoam green. Ooh, it's a very nice one. I have, this is the guitar that I play for mainly for signals. Ooh. And it's so nice guitar. Oh my God. It's nice been through That's a lot of shit. <laughs> it looks great. It's It's got like so much dirt on it. Like you can, 
and like a lot of st- a lot of stickers and like you know a lot of a lot of yeah you can't see shit there's a lot of <laughs> on it and shit. but uh yeah that's uh that's my other favorite color mm-hmm. um, good color choices yeah well uh, as Corey oh, thank said, you yeah as Corey said that's all the questions we have today is there anything we'd like to plug um i have a solo record coming out um uh, I put out a single for it last week. Uh, it's called Impossible Sum. Uh, single's called Born at the End of a Year. Uh, it's similar to stuff that I've done with Signals in the sense that I think that the lyric writing is kind of the same, but it's it's uh, very much influenced by stuff like Tom Petty and Neil Young and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Adam, who plays drums in Sincere Engineer, uh, played drums on the record and keyboards and stuff and produced it and uh, I'm super proud of it. It comes out September 25th on Lauren Records. Um, you can pre-order it now if you would like to. And other than that, that's all I got. I hope everyone wears masks when they leave the house and washes their hands and uh, calls their friends and drinks water and exercises and, you know, votes fascists out of power and uh that's that's all i have to say for now oh yeah bro yeah let's go yeah well <laughs> thank you for sitting down with us yeah thank you both so much um send me a link whenever stuff comes out i'll happily share it um and you know keep in touch when the world is back up and running and hopefully we're playing shows and stuff again obviously i'd love to meet either of you in person oh. so uh you know, look forward to to talking in real life one day. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this has been Max from Signals Midwest and we're the Good Noise Podcast.